0: Welcome to Black Health Matters. I'm Darrell Armistead, your host. This episode is a Zoom recording of Howard University group session led by Dr. Clive Callender.
1: Uh, Right, so we can dedicate this session to John Robinson's memory any questions or comments about Dr. Robinson?
2: Uh, what was his, uh, what did he die of?
3: He had a bad heart.
2: OK. Yeah.
3: Wow. I met him in 96 when David had his first transplant. And uh, he was uh, very patient, very kind, even funny, even funny. He was always very supportive. And with that meeting in 96, he followed David and I. I was communicating with them, I think it was last week. I sent him a text, he did respond. Um, mm-hmm. When David went in for heart surgery um, in 2018, he was there, he visited. Um, mm-hmm. He was always very patient. I appreciated him, I considered him a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: and he'd been in hospice for the last uh, couple of months yeah
4: so and i remember that he was very multi-talented um just not in psychology learned that he was a priest he was a musician he has all sorts of different outside psychology and the way that he stated things it just kept it so real and um, he was just a fascinating man, just to know
3: personally. Fascinating and interesting. He was a world traveler. Right. And yeah. share. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
1: And he was not shy to share his uh, knowledge and experience.
3: That's right.
4: Or his viewpoint, even if it <laughs> went without <stopped> the calendar.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
5: yeah.
1: yeah. So. I never
5: met Dr. Robinson, but I I remember James talking a lot about him and how he had a lot of respect for Dr. Robinson, but I never got a chance or opportunity to meet him.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, uh, you know, again, we've had great, a lot of great people there work with us. Uh, He's one of those and so we cherish his memory and uh, all of the things he brought to the group.
4: Um, Where Hmm. will his memorial be? I have no idea. Because I know he was from Texas.
1: He he is, is? but I I have no idea because that that was not revealed to me. So if I find out any information, I'll share it with you. It's interesting some of the uh, Uh, newspaper articles in the Post on uh, uh, I guess for the gentleman in the audience they had this article about uh, uh, leaky pipes uh, after 50 how uh, you should should never pass a a restroom uh, because you may need it Uh, this is true for men not so much for women although uh, incontinence occurs in women as well, but not as often. Uh, they also had an interesting article about how many people you think a year go to the emergency room because of sunburns. Any guesses?
4: I don't think anybody on this panel has done it. I, I,
1: haven't, <laughs> I, haven't, been, I haven't been
4: to the emergency
3: room. 25% i, I you be surprised.
6: I have had sunburn.
4: Did you go to the emergency room for it? No. Okay, that's well. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Most people of my complexion uh, don't wind up in the emergency room, uh, but uh, many of us have gotten sunburns. How many of you get sunburns? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I did too. I got sunburn. Yeah. So. Every year. Yeah. So Black people get sunburned, too. So uh, then there was an interesting... Uh, uh, how auditor- many
4: actually went to the emergency room? You didn't give us the number.
1: 33,000.
4: Mm.
1: That's a lot, because probably when we get sunburned, we don't go to the emergency We just let it peel off, don't sweat it. But 33,000 visits every year uh, because of sunburn. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. And I, and I suspect probably 90, 95% of them are people who are uh, light-skinned.
0: What we need to know is how many of those 33,000 were Black.
1: Yeah, that's what I was suggesting. I don't know. But I would imagine probably less than 1%. Well, blackness
4: is upon a horizon. We go from all the different shades there are, so... In America, if it's one tenth or one eighth or one millionth of a drop of black blood, so they say you're black. So, what does that uh, it-
1: mean? It'd be interesting, as as now said, the data set, how many of them said they were black. So, but I don't know I still, that answer. So.
3: I still have enough sense not to go to the to the emergency room for a sunburn, though. So
1: or even to let myself burn in it. I I would suspect to be about 1% or 1 tenth of
0: 1%. Uh, Here's what black means in America. It means that you're at least an octoroon. An octoroon is 12% black blood. At an octoroon level, you are capable of producing a very dark baby, and so that's why it's important in America.
1: Well, that's... (laughs) That's why it shouldn't be important, but anyway, <laughs> well, you see goes, that,
0: uh, passing blacks. Uh, but you know, it's like um, they wanted to make sure my birth certificate that it was racially uh, uh, racially marked, and so you didn't uh, mess up marry somebody who was really black and you got a really dark baby
1: yeah uh, yeah which goes back to why race should be eliminated from the, the uh, discussion we're all the same race uh different ethnicities and different uh, complexes yes but all one race uh, I, I long for the days i don't think i'll see it though when race would become as unimportant as who you go to bed with because these days uh, uh your sexual preference is now uh, n- newsworthy, which is which is a sad commentary on our country. Uh, it's no more necessary to know about as, than it is to know what e- ethnicity you are. But hey, this is the world we live in. So that's what we learn to deal with. Okay, Buchanan, you, you can start the, the graphics. We have a number of interesting articles, and uh, uh, it's a good one to start with. The seven scientists will change the world—it's—it it's, was amazing to me how many uh, different ethnicities were represented here. This one, somebody who probably nobody even knows about, uh, electrical engineer doctorate, who uh, the father of fiber optic communication, which revolutionized the way we communicate. He uh, got cables that uh, uh, allowed uh, uh, light to be traveled and This then of course is uh, one of the Nobel Prize of Physics, but uh, revolutionized all, would you go back up to that for me please? Because uh, this is a, a marvelous achievement because uh, it, it revolutionized everything we know about, uh, uh, communicating, and probably nobody heard about him before this uh, presentation. Um, anyway, that, that's one. this next one is uh, Trisha Bath, who uh, is a African American who uh, came up with the, the way to a little bit later to uh, use laser to to take out cataracts. just revolutionized the way in which cataract surgery has been done. And uh, uh, was the first to recognize the importance of glaucoma uh, uh, occurring in Blacks and causing blindness. And she has done so much to revolutionize the way in which eye eye disorders and cataracts and blindness. Uh, She's a our uh, legends of, uh, of uh, African American and of scientists, and how she revolutionized uh, with the laser-peco probe, uh, which she developed and, and patented. Uh, very legendary character and she's done so much. She died just two years ago uh, in California, but she was uh, a great mentor to uh, many at Howard. Then this is a Flossie Wong Stahl who, uh, uh, it's amazing how many of those people came from uh, out of uh, other countries and were immigrants. and uh, she's a virologist, uh, left Hong Kong and worked at the National Cancer Institute. How many know that she actually was the one who part of the team that first identified HIV? And uh, even though uh, uh, people never mentioned her name too often, uh, she was uh, one of the people who allowed us to know about HIV. And, Then uh, this uh, this is the only one among them that that, uh, uh, actually uh, I I never quite understood the importance of the sonic booms, although I know about the sonic booms, but uh, their uh, uh, fact that this then allowed uh, flight trajectories and other things to uh, occur, and she was one of those uh, scientists at NASA that uh, uh, allowed us to understand why the sonic boom occurs. Uh, plus, uh, she got a doctorate from GW, which is interesting. And her work on uh, ultrasound uh, and waves is what uh, uh, was very important. And then Charles Drew, of course, uh, the inventor of the blood bank uh, who was interesting because he, uh, he didn't, he wasn't accepted at Howard because he didn't have enough English courses. And he went on to graduate from McGill and then became a, uh, a chief resident at, uh, Freedman's Hospital and then went to Columbia, where he developed the blood banking uh, mechanism under John Scudder, and uh, then began uh, the uh, plasma uh, process, which uh, has been used since that point. And uh, uh, by the time the project concluded, there had been 14,000 blood donations. But what is, is interesting is that uh, the reason he left the Red Cross is because they started segregating blood on the basis of ethnicity and then called race. And uh, for that reason, he felt that it was inappropriate. And uh, uh, he then left the American Red Cross after he'd done this. And of course, this was uh, one of the master uh developments and this shows how he separated the cells from the blood the plasma from the uh, uh blood and pulled that together to uh, prevent bacterial contamination this was the beginning of uh, something that saved now at this point millions of lives so this is one of the most important appropriate that he is mentioned here. Next was George Carruthers who uh, world's first lunar telescope uh, and his ultraviolet camera uh, allowed us to see out in the space and look at the universe. Sometimes at first people thought we were the center of the universe and we finally were able to look out and realize how little we are and how small we are when it comes to uh, the universe uh, and uh, uh, it's always interesting to me as we have these explorations and we talk about trying to explore the universe. Yeah. The universe is so vast that we, we, we uh, have little likelihood of being able to really get into the depths of the universe. God's creation is so immense that uh, it's beyond our knowledge at this point. Then there's Alice Ball. Uh, an interesting uh, problem is that she divided a new treatment for leprosy, but died before seeing the success of her work. Uh, and uh, leprosy uh, was a bane to the existence of all mankind up until uh, the late nineteen. 19- 30s. Uh, uh, actually, they had a compound shamburger nut that seemed to uh, be able to treat that person to some degree, but not very much because it was able to be uh, uh, wild water soluble and people took taking it sometimes will help but sometimes they had nausea and vomiting. But uh, Ball revolutionized this and identified a way to isolate the ingredient. And then identified a water-soluble injection as a treatment. And uh, before work could be published, uh, uh, she died and uh, somebody else tried to take credit for it. Uh, but uh, uh when people finally recognized who it was, she'd already died, but she helped eliminate uh, leprosy as uh, as a disease that was incurable. It's amazing how sometimes uh, uh, work that you do is not giving, you're not given credit for. It's interesting because, you know, in... Uh, Uh, it, it, you know, just as we talk about uh, American history, uh, we talk about American history because uh, it was written by white people. And uh, because we aren't, uh, therefore, uh, black people were essentially written out of the history. And uh, so uh, if you don't tell your own story, uh, it's likely not to be told. So uh this is why uh we have to play a major part and that's why for example a lot of the things that are happening today in the 1619 rewrite issue that got a lot of notoriety uh become an issue because uh, we're pretty much left out of the american history books and uh, now that they're rewriting them and, and uh it's it's important that we Uh, tell our story the way we see it, not the way they saw it. Did
2: Charles Drew die because uh, he was unable to get the uh, technology that he developed?
1: That's not true. And and that's a a story that is untrue and needs to be uh, debunked. Because he died because he was in an automobile accident and uh, uh, it was a fatal automobile accident. It had nothing to do with him receiving blood. But that's a that's a, a myth that has been promulgated so that people talk about it and actually believe it, but it's, it is far from the truth. He died from a tremendous automobile accident. He was driving, the car turned over, and he was uh, fatally injured, and nothing could have saved his life. Uh, so, so that myth about... Uh, not getting blood is just a myth. He died from automobile accident, and not from the need for blood transfusion.
6: Yeah, doctor Callender, I just went to the uh, eye doctor yesterday. I was having uh, flashes and floaters, and uh, my doctor got me in in one day to uh, to get my eyes checked. And he said, "Well, I have uh, the I'm going to have cataracts." He said he he, he could see cataracts already. So I might need this, this surgery from Dr. Bath, right? <laughs> right,
1: right, right. And that has been perfected so well that they uh, do it under local. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Put that thing in and grabs the cataract, pulls it out, puts something else in. Mm-hmm. Takes about an hour and a half or
3: so. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And it's so funny you talk about cataracts having to do with age. And recently everyone around me had cataracts. Everyone was having surgeries. And uh, so I went to my eye doctor to have my eyes examined. It's nothing wrong with your eyes. Don't come back next year. Come back the following year. So I'm <laughs> lucky. <laughs>
1: you're blessed. You're very yeah. blessed. Yes. Because you're right. Most people
3: uh, Most over, people have, over yeah. 60
1: have cataracts. Almost
3: everyone I know have had it or are planning now to have it.
1: Right. right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost as common in everybody as Prostate enlargement is in yeah. men. Yeah. Okay, next one. Now, this this is an interesting article that will delight uh, Daryl. Uh, eat these foods to fight cognitive decline. And uh, I don't think people will be too surprised about some of the foods that they mentioned. Always blueberries seems to top of the list. Uh, I'm not, uh, it's funny. How many of you actually eat blueberries?
0: Every day. Huh? Every day.
3: Mm -hmm. Every day
1: for for me too. Really? Good. You're on the right track. I tell you.
4: eating right now. I'm eating
1: right now.
2: Good. Good. Sylvia, jump in. (laughs) Great,
1: great. Well, I don't know when I've had blueberries, but anyway, yeah, they're number crazy. one. Maybe you just forgot it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, every list I've ever seen has blueberries at the top of them. Uh, and uh, uh, how that helps the memory, I don't know, but it certainly uh, has chemicals which uh, contribute to health. Second is the leafy greens, uh, which uh, we know well are good for us. Uh, but uh, this talks in detail about uh, uh, 11 years younger in cognitive ages when they ate leafy greens compared to not eating the leafy greens.
0: I have kale and collard greens every day. <laughs>
1: And then here's, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Chaplain Thorpe isn't here because here's uh, her favorite <laughs> uh, turmeric, which is uh, so common in uh, Indian India. And, uh, and I think now you eat this too often, right?
0: Turmeric? Every day.
1: What are you trying to live forever? <laughs> no,
0: just till 400. <laughs>
1: Okay, all right. But uh, it's interesting that uh, uh, and the, the number four was uh, legumes, which of course, uh, uh, vegetable oils are made out of it. And uh, I think most of it, uh, I think most people eat legumes, uh, whether we call them that or not.
0: Um, legumes every day.
1: Yeah, so uh, brain healthy dietary choices play a role in slowing, cognitive decline, so grab a handful of blueberries, eat a healthy salad on top, legumes or spice up your cooking with turmeric, <laughs> what do you have to lose, uh, with mental health being such an issue, uh, However, this is sobering when you look at this next article that talks about uh, we're not going to live forever. We're born to die. <laughs> so we might prolong it, but uh, uh, we're going to die. So, But uh, you want to live as long as you can, and uh, uh, we're not finding the elixir of immortality. Uh, but... Uh, we can live as long as we can and have and be healthy as long as we can by eating the right foods. It's interesting how lifespan has increased three months every year since the mid 1800s. But uh, uh, that doesn't mean we're going to find a way to live to be more than the. Uh, 200 years of life. Of course, you now when you look back in the biblical terms and you see people living 900 years, you wonder if they had a different calendar at that time. And uh, I don't know, but uh, Methuselah was what, 969 years?
0: Yes, 969.
1: Yeah, yeah. so, uh, and I always wondered whether they had a different calendar.
0: Uh, yes, they did,
1: but uh, but in all honesty, that was before
0: uh, the before the flood. Yeah, the the, uh, current, the current calendar that we use is based on an Earth solar year, uh, three three sixty five days a year, and that's uh, antediluvian. That's uh, after the flood. Uh, before the flood, the calendar that was used is that uh, year was marked with every thirty six hundred solar years, and so you take the 969 and multiply it by 3600 and you find out that uh, Methuselah lived for hundreds of thousands of
1: years. (laughs) Except that uh, uh, as a consequence of the flood, how do we really know that? Since it wiped out everything, how do we really know?
0: I'll have to give you the references after the meeting.
1: Yeah, please, I want to see
0: that
1: one. Um, <laughs> I always oh, wondered about how how people write about what happened before the flood, uh, when everything was wiped out by the flood. And,
4: uh, uh, I think it had to be that long, because in order to, for two people to start the world, they had to live a long time to propagate, even though they said Adam and Eve only had three children. But they had to have more than that, you know, just to get the world started.
1: Now, this is uh, interesting because we know that transplant patients, it's different, but but this study found that 94% of cancer patients responded well to the COVID-19 vaccines, so it means that the cancer patients don't have to go through what the transplant patients have to go through because they are able to mount an immune response. Where some many transplant patients are, have not been able to, and so uh, while we need a third shot for transplant patients, we don't need it for uh, the, the cancer patients. And, and of course, uh, the high risk group it points out who received this antibody which is the same kind of thing that transplant patients get. Uh, Also, patients on chemotherapy had an attenuated response. So having cancer itself is not the issue. It's the other medications that they give you that are the the same issues that you have for cancer patients. So the question is not whether you have cancer or not, but whether or not you have uh, medication that reduces your ability to respond, your immune system's ability to respond to challenges. This is interesting, you know, vaccine, no entry. Well, in many countries, that's not an issue anyway. They don't pay attention to the vaccine. If you're uh, positive, you, you go in quarantine. If you're not, if you're not uh, positive, then you don't have to go on quarantine. <clears throat> Actually, in South Korea, it's a little different because if you uh, whether you're vaccinated or not, if you if you're uh, coming into the country, they unless you're going to live in a, in a family that already has been vaccinated. You have to be quarantined anyway. You just quarantine with your family. Uh, now, I just uh, going to a funeral tomorrow of a lady who was about 84 years of age who decided she wanted didn't want to take the vaccine. And uh, she actually died of uh, COVID-19. <clears throat> and uh, Most of the people who are dying now of COVID are people who have not been vaccinated. So it's a wake up call to remind us that uh, we should be vaccinated. And as time goes on, it's going to be interesting to see what impact July the 4th has on uh, everybody. As uh, people, a lot of people really acted as though COVID didn't exist, which would be okay for those people who are vaccinated, but not, not for those people who
6: aren't. I was watching the, uh, the broadcast on TV uh, for the 4th of July, and maybe not even 1% of the people had masks on. I, I hardly saw anybody, but
1: they were all outside. But wow yeah it's interesting i actually went to the first my first movie and uh although they uh said masks were optional everybody had masks (laughs) i thought it was interesting Mm
6: -hmm. Uh, but I, i flew for the first time and uh Everybody had masks in the airport and the plane, except one one lady didn't want to wear hers and they made her put a mask on. But
1: uh, yeah, I, I read an article about the, some high school students who refused to uh, put on masks, so they canceled the flight. Wow, That's safe. The Delta variant is of great interest to all because this is more highly transmissible than the other varieties of coronavirus. Uh, But the problem is that, uh, as he's pointing out, uh, most people in the world have not been vaccinated. And the place where this variant is going to show up is where people are not vaccinated. And uh, the people at greatest risk in the United States, are those people who have not been vaccinated, and that's where the, the variant is more likely to develop. 47% of the United States is vaccinated, We're still not up to the 60 to 70% that we would like. And uh, this variant is 60% more transmissible, uh, but it's not necessarily more lethal, but uh, it's certainly more transmissible. They they are advising indoor settings to wear masks. Outdoors, uh, there are not many people who think you need it outdoors, but indoors, they still, still say that. So Fauci says, indoor or outdoor, you don't need a mask. But if you're going to be in a, in a close uh, area without good uh, ventilation, then you, may, you should wear a mask. <clears throat> now this is a, a concern about going back to school. And this concern is because many of the children may not be vaccinated. If the children are not vaccinated, uh, then this is the area in which the variant could uh, become an issue. And so uh, going back to school can be an issue for the teachers and the students uh, if uh, they're not vaccinated. They talk about an outbreak, another outbreak, late fall and winter, unless they get vaccinated.
6: Doctor Calendar, how, how long does it take to uh, to test that? I, I heard they were just starting to to uh, to test children with some of these. Uh,
1: what was your question?
6: How long How long does it take to actually test? The efficacy of these uh, vaccines on children.
1: Oh, it, it takes. Uh, they have to. They have to do. Uh, it's a volume thing. In other words, if they can uh, test about uh, the vaccine on uh, about ten thousand children, then they can. Uh, they can then safely know when they can proceed and they are working on that now but i don't know how how far they have gotten because we're talking about under 12 now right because the the teams uh for the most part uh are over 12 are, are okay but it's under 12 that uh, more studies need to be done and i don't know how far along they are but I think it's important that we get that information before before uh, they start school back again. Now, this is a, an issue that's come up. Should, if you receive Johnson & Johnson, should you get a booster shot? And there's been many, it's, been, it's clear that the uh, uh, two-shot vaccines uh, protect you against the Delta variant. But it's not clear as to whether the Johnson and Johnson does, and should you therefore get a second booster shot from the Pfizer or Moderna, and most people who don't know, since we don't know, uh, suggest that it's a wise thing to do because having a higher antibody level is not going to hurt. And it may help. <laughs> and the studies on Johnson and Johnson has not, has not, have not yet been completed to identify its safety against the Delta variant. And as soon as those studies are finished, we'll know. But right now, we don't know. And I, I don't know. Um, John, you, did you include that article on Novovirus? Uh, yes, no, it's, coming it's coming okay, up. Okay, all right, all right. So we'll see another vaccine that maybe answers the question. Right. But the the bottom line is that uh, if you got one shot, it wouldn't hurt to get a second shot. especially if you're above 50. Good question. Should the Delta variant change the U.S. state's pandemic playbook? Uh, I think uh, the most important thing is that we get vaccinated. And uh, If we get vaccinated, then uh, it's probably doesn't matter. But but if we have a significant number of people who are not vaccinated, then that raises a question. So it's going to be interesting to see how, with time whether they change right now. the advice is uh, get vaccinated. <laughs> now, it, it would be true if, if if the vaccine wasn't effective, then you you should need it. But all of the studies demonstrate that the uh, Moderna and Pfizer vaccines are effective against the delta variant. So different opinions about it, so There's a lot of different opinions. Uh, probably the wisest one is, is: if you have two shots, you're probably okay. If you had one shot, it makes sense to get a second shot. But we don't really know the answer to the question. And here again, should you be wearing a mask indoors? World Health Organization says yes. (laughs) Now it's interesting to say this and then also uh, open up uh, all of the sports arenas inside sports arenas as a contradiction in terms.
6: I was watching the the Padres game uh, last night, and I didn't see anybody in the whole stadium. And the stadium was packed. It was outdoors. But um, I didn't see anybody with a mask on.
1: I think the outdoors, most people can understand. Indoors is another story. And uh, probably one of the best things to do if you're gonna have indoors is to make sure that everybody who comes in is vaccinated.
2: Dr. Calender, we were on a call yesterday and we were talking about choir rehearsals, indoors versus outdoors. <laughs> and everybody agreed that um, you know outdoors is probably safer however um, when the summer is over with and cold weather starts coming in we're going to have to come in indoors so I guess choir rehearsal is going to have to take, take another
1: break well I don't think so I think if everybody's vaccinated it doesn't matter This should be sure everybody's vaccinated.
6: You know, my my concern, Doc, is um, with the folks who are vaccinated, who still can carry the the virus, uh, what do you call it, asymptomatically and give it to somebody else. (laughs) Um, Yeah,
1: well that's a concern, but it's a minor concern. Uh, and uh, I think if everybody's vaccinated, there isn't a need for uh, a concern about the transmission of the virus, as long as the place is adequately ventilated. I mean, that, that's a theoretical concern. It's not really a, uh, a legit concern uh, in the long term if you have somebody who's been vaccinated, fully vaccinated. But this will go on. But anyway, I think that... Uh, uh uh if everybody's vaccinated uh indoors okay if everybody's vaccinated well you you remember the basketball player what's his name chris chris yes Paul. i do yes i do you know
6: who who tested positive but he was fully vaccinated
1: mm-hmm. right that's correct and, mm-hmm. and and didn't say that that can't happen uh but uh, uh i think that it's uh, uh something that could be uh expected that it's 95% effective and there's going to be exceptions to every rule, Uh, but it's going to be a rare occasion. And this is an article that talks about how the unvaccinated become a weapon against everybody else because that's where the mutations come from. And so the more people that are vaccinated, the better off we are. And it talks about the four variants and Delta being the one that poses the greatest risk of transmission. It's interesting. A uh, thousand counties have vaccinations covered less than 30%, southeast and midwest. And those are the areas where the variant is going to be a problem. But the way to stop the spread is to get vaccinated. That's a lot of counties. This is interesting work that comes from the UK that talks about deaths of people who have been vaccinated. Uh, uh, 117 deaths, uh, the overall death rate was 0.13%, which is okay if you're in the uh, other group, but if you're in the 0.13%, it's 100% for you. And those who are fully vaccinated, 50 died, which may be a very small number, but if you're in that number, it doesn't matter. Now what it should have is the number of people who actually were vaccinated but doesn't have that number. But anyway. So, and one of the things that is clear is, is that by the time September and October run around, we should have enough data to be able to answer some of these questions uh, optimally, which we can't do right now because we don't have all the data, but uh, uh, many churches opening up now, but, if, but I know my, my church is opening up in September. What about your, your churches? Any, Church is opening
2: up? Yeah, my church is open up. Liberty Baptist Church
1: is open. They opened up already? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anybody else?
4: I'm playing for a church that has opened up, but they have a small congregation anyway, so it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah. This thing with mm-hmm. Liberty is a small congregation. Um, 50 people is fully opened up for us.
1: Yeah, okay, 50 people, yeah, okay.
5: The Springfield is opening up on the 18th, uh, but they have two campuses, and the smaller campus is the one that's opening up on the 18th. Uh, The main campus is opening up on the first Sunday in August.
1: First Sunday in what? August. August, okay. Hmm. Yeah. This is interesting because uh, the, the, the NovaVax is the last vaccine to, to come around, and uh, there are reports that uh, maybe that may be the best vaccine of all. But uh, uh, since it's the last, uh, it hasn't gotten the publicity that you would have in others, and it's very effective as well against the variants. So, so just an, another vaccine, uh, which uh, has been uh, 90% even against the coronavirus variants. and So uh, this is something that is good to know about anyway.
6: They're, they're right up in Gaithensburg or, yeah, Germantown or Gaithersburg, Maryland.
1: Right. Matter of fact, Howard was involved in that vaccine study as well. and that's using the old technology so so it's uh, interesting to, to watch and see what happens with this so we've got good vaccines so now we need to uh, see which uh, is best now also the, the fact that uh, The vaccines are giving us long-term antibody protection is uh, important as well. So it's gonna be interesting to see what uh, happens as a consequence. It's probably nothing because uh, it's it's occurring so late. And in many ways, This is about the time you'd expect to be able to to, uh, uh, using the old technology to come up with a vaccine. Uh, It's it's hard to tell how many lives have been saved because of this new technology. Uh, Any questions about this? I don't know how it matters to us today, but as time goes on, as we do more studies, we will learn more about uh, both of these vac- all of these vaccines.
6: Is is the Novavax uh, the same technology as the other ones? Is that the no. same messenger? How, what what's the what's
1: the source of the um, efficacy in Novavax? I think the difference was that they did not use the mRNA technology Do you know what they use or i don't know it, it may it may tell you i don't know uh And it's interesting to look at the difference between the side effects, uh, although the side effects were pretty, pretty minor, uh, but they had fewer side effects as well. And the other disadvantage, of course, is the refrigeration you need for the uh, uh, Pfizer vaccine. You don't need it as much for the Moderna, but you need it for the Pfizer vaccine. So. It makes it more easily available. That's it for the articles. Okay. Uh, any questions about any of these articles?
4: I was wondering, um, as they come up with new vaccines, um, the government pays equal amount for all of them since we don't have to pay for them, and it's just how many they can sell commercially, or how does that work? Because I got-
1: don't, I, I only know about Moderna and Pfizer. I don't, uh, and I know for Johnson Johnson, there was no cost. I don't know about Novavax. Okay, but uh, of course,
4: uh, um, the government pays for all of this, right?
1: I don't know about Novavax. I know for the other others they did. Uh, Carol, you want to tell us about that article you sent around?
4: Oh, um, I found it on Facebook uh, about, you know, like they were saying before, there's history that they're just now discovering or uh, among us, and the history, <laughs> Daryl is killing me. The, the history of Blacks of these different lakes. Um, Our people, they have tried to kill us off all sorts of ways. They burned up our (laughs) cities that they're discovering. And um, Malcolm X, when he told us that we should patronize each other, start our own states and country, we actually started that. Even um, during the time when they brought slaves over here, they revolted and destroyed whole villages of white men. They did not stand idly by and be uh, enslaved. We actually fought against all of this. So now there are certain ways, and my brother and I, we were just remembering about our grandparents' home in Indiana. They put a road through a major highway, brought up the whole community Put a major road through there, so we don't even know where our grandparents' home is. Is over some particular road. Same thing about lakes. When blacks they got tired of us, and they name it. You see this beautiful lake, and underneath the lake are black cities. So they have tried, and we don't know. um, Thinking about it, did they get together and plan this? We're going to burn them, lynch them, and put their towns in underwater. Or what? How is this systematic? Well, now,
1: why would you ask that question? Obviously, they got together and planned. (laughs) It's not a question. You know the answer to that.
4: Okay, All right.
1: It's just like a lot of the policies. They're deliberately uh, done in order to uh, put us down. Uh, So that, 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 uh, you know, it's interesting that that article points out that uh, this is why reparations for for Blacks is something that you should consider seriously, because uh, it's not an accident that these things happen. They're planned.
3: Uh, I
4: saw another article about New York of how they started the ghettos. It was actually started in like um, enslaved men of t- crop sheriffs. It was actually planned how they could create a slum and that they would not be able to get out of it. Uh, then Central Park is another evidence of how they have tried to do. And I have some nieces that live in New York and their lakes and different parts of New York. We're talking about the north. This, these are planned play, ways to get rid of us when we congregated in one community. So now they gave us the city and they're taking the city back. They gave us the suburbs and eventually they're going to take the suburbs back. They do all sorts of things to get rid of us, to disperse us. They created the jail system, made rules that they think would enslave uh, Black people, put our boys in jail. The same thing that their boys have been doing all along is you, And then they have us turning on each other. our our vernacular, what we call each other, how we think that black people are lazy and et cetera, all of that is a way for us to destroy each other internally as well as they're um, exploiting us externally. So they made us have not made us, but they created in us a self-hatred of even being the color that we are. So this lake is just another issue that we're just now discovering that uh, the Caucasian race has done. But if you look in Africa, my brother was telling me this if anybody was an albino, they killed them. Anybody that looked like a white man, they killed them. So is this just the reverse? Daryl could elaborate because he gave me a long um, mm-hmm. talk on about how what they did in Africa to white people.
1: Well, I think basically, I think humans are the same. I think blacks are good and bad and whites are good and bad. And you have uh, good and bad in in all groups. And uh, the the problem is that institutionalized racism and ethnicism and whatever you call it is is everywhere. Uh, We see it in the United States, but we see it everywhere, you know, and I remember going to um, not not Australia, uh, Brazil, and uh, it was interesting that most of the country uh, was black, a lot of the country was black, but the people who ran the country were all white or or pretty light skinned, and that that was true in many countries, people of color uh, discriminated against, Uh, and uh, this is something that is worldwide, and it's something that uh, uh, I think we get from, maybe we get from Cain. I don't know, but it's human nature, uh, and so uh, I don't laud any ethnic group because I think they're good and bad in all ethnic groups.
0: Um, okay, let me say this about that. Oh, I got something. Okay, almost great. Um, black, the uh, the ones that made the transatlantic slave passage from uh, 1600s to the early 1800s, us. Uh, and for the most part, we're in North America, Central America, South America. And our numbers are currently about 100 million souls. And uh, despite human nature, there is no group on Earth that's treated worse or despise more than us?
1: Well, I, I just think that um, uh, people of color are treated bad wherever they are. Uh, yeah, and so that doesn't change what I said because uh, the only question is, why is it that it's, it's almost worldwide that people of color are treated differently? Uh, Because, you know, when I was doing one of my articles on uh, worldwide uh, donation rates and looking at why people want to donate and why they don't want to donate, I was able to identify that wherever people of color were, uh, they had the same mentality because they were discriminated against. And, and, And it doesn't change what you said because it's still true that people of color uh, for some reason, people really believe that white is right, and if you're black, you must step back. And so uh, we need to get that uh, false uh, truth eliminated uh, and recognize that uh, uh, diversity is what's, what, what's good for humankind. Diversity. The more diverse we are, the better off uh, the more likely we are to survive.
2: The other thing, the other thing Dr. Cowder, is of the misconception is that, you know, they say that the darker your, the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice, but, and what we're talking about now, the misconception is that the darker your skin is, the dumber you are.
1: Yeah, that's the misconception, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and black is beautiful uh, came about because they said the, the opposite. Black is dumb, black is ugly. But of course the stock market had it right. Black is wonderful. I mean, in you're black, you're doing well. <laughs> if you're not, then you're doing poorly. So, so uh, but uh, uh, still the diversity begets ingenuity. And uh, that, that's what is, is the salvation of the human race is it's diversity. And the sooner we learn to recognize that that's one of our greatest strengths, the better off we will be.
2: Dr. County you were telling us a while ago about some of the stories about the experiences that you had in medical school, you know, where um, they tried their best to discriminate against you, but weren't successful. Well, I,
1: uh, in medical school, I- that's different because I went to a black medical school, but actually when I was at Hunter College, which is a, a predominantly Jewish college, uh, that's when uh, I, I was unaware of the fact that uh, uh, the scales were were fixed. And I didn't realize that until I went to Meharry, which was a historically black college. And then I realized that uh, uh, I didn't know all the things that were going on. I was just on the outside looking in.
2: I went to um, a school, a college where the racism was covert. And then right after that, I went to a college where the racism was overt. And the covert racism, I didn't I wasn't even aware of it. I didn't even know it was happening.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah. when
2: I got to the University of Maryland, where the racism was overt, it was like in your face.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's right, right. That that was that was my experience at, at Hunter. Uh, uh, it was it was covert, and I didn't even realize it either. Uh, but but uh, my opposite was when I went to the historically black college. It was then that I realized what had been going on. So I had the the opposite uh, issue that you had. I went from covert to novert, um, <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah, you went from uh, covert to overt. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that that's that's radically different.
2: Uh, know, but, uh, one other quick story. Uh, Winton Marcellus told us my family, that's about a story that he had. When he would be in a, a a group, a musical group, and everything's going well, and the trumpet players sitting right to his left, or maybe even on the right side of him, as soon as it came time for him to play a solo, they would holler the word miss in his ear, hoping that he would messed a solo up.
1: Really? Yes, sir. That's kind of bad. Yeah, you know, the other thing that uh, I will bring up is is an article that I I started to send, but I figure we had too many, uh, which in the state of Maryland, 100% of the patients who died from COVID this last month were unvaccinated. 100%. Uh, showing the real importance of getting everybody that can be vaccinated, vaccinated, uh, which is in their best interests and all of our best interests. Uh, so in D.C. it was 80%, but in Maryland, uh, in our newly released data, it was a 100% of the deaths were in unvaccinated uh, Marylanders.
6: You know, uh, Dr. Callender, just to to talk about that again briefly, um, there is a group of people, the no-vaxxers and the the uh, no-maskers, who refuse to do any of that out of, you can't, you know, the government, you can't tell me what to do. And that's the ones, those are the ones that I'm um, concerned about. I would say afraid. My, my my wife is more afraid than I am, but I'm I'm still concerned about people who refuse to get vaccinated and refuse to wear masks. And there's hardly anything you can do to make them, because that's their mindset. Uh, you know, so you know, wearing masks on the inside, I'm I'm for that. Uh, I I ate at a, a restaurant uh, last week. Uh, with, with 10 of my friends who are all vaccinated and uh, no masks. I I was comfortable about that a a month ago. We did the same thing, but to be in a, an environment where you don't know, and then who's going to say, are you, are you vaccinated? You know, uh, are you, is that a form of discrimination also?
1: food for thought. And uh, I think that, uh, any other comments, any other ideas about that?
4: Um, I have a friend who I was talking to also on this conference last night. She's in the medical field. She's vaccinated. It seemed like she got the same type of fear she had before she got vaccinated, like a henny penny, you know? um, You can't do this. You can't do that. you vaccinated, but you're going to get the Delta back and blah, blah, blah. So... I'm seeing this frenzy that she has about people even thinking about getting together. And I'm saying, wow, when would this end? She's vaccinated, but still upset that people even thinking about getting together. So Well,
1: I think, and for many of us, it's going to be next year before people will be really comfortable uh, because by that time, well, everything will be, Uh, Resolved, But uh, I think the next three to four months is going to be interesting. Remember, we talked about the anxiety about getting back to normal. And uh, there's going to be a lot of anxiety and mental health issues that come to the fore uh, over the next uh, 30 to 90 days.
4: So I shouldn't feel feel comfortable about getting back together. But I guess I shouldn't. Is that ignorance or what is it? I, I mean, I feel sort of a little bit more relaxed than, you know, and my son, you know, he says no mask. He's vaccinated. And if the store says don't wear a mask, and so how should we really feel about this?
1: Well, my feeling is that uh, it's clear that if you're vaccinated, you don't need a mask outdoors. Uh, indoors, you uh, the bigger the group, the the less ventilation. The more important it is for you to wear a mask. That's my sentiment. Uh, now, if you now, for example, if you have a a choir rehearsal indoors for a group that everybody is actually vaccinated, uh, then I think that's reasonable. Uh, so, because you're going to be leading a choir and all that stuff, uh, a, a band or whatever. Uh, I think it's important to ensure that those people who are going to be in that group dem- bring their uh, vaccination card with them.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: document the fact that they are actually vaccinated, and if they do that, then it seems to me to be okay. If not, uh, then uh, it's it's uh, it's uh, risky. Um, I got a
4: question over the people that said that their churches are opening up. Are they bringing back the choirs or they still got praise teams and
5: soloists? How are they opening
1: up? I don't know because does anybody
5: know? At Springfield, they are going to just use soloist for the um, for the first few Sundays that it will be open just to get a feel for how things are going to be managed and handled and how well um, um, people attending the uh, church services will be managing the um, um god gui- the um, the guidelines but they will not be using choirs right away and yes, that that makes sense yes mm-hmm. any other thing.
4: that's the same thing at liberty we're kind of testing the waters to see uh for the for july and august we're just going to Kind of see how many people come, and we're just using soloists or the um, praise team. Usually it's just a soloist and uh, one selection, and then we're going to see. And hopefully, if everything goes well, they're supposed to try to open kind of more fully in mm-hmm. September. But we're just checking it out for <laughs> July and August.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, well, we've we've, uh, covered the waterfront. Thank you very much. And uh, let's all remember Dr. Robinson fondly and all the things he did for us and how he made the group better by his participation.